The following program does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff or management of WFMD. It's Success Happens on 930 WFMD, blending business and politics. Success Happens with your host, Jen Charlton. Good morning and welcome to Success Happens. This is Jen. It is so great to be with everybody today. I'll tell you what an exciting show we're going to have. And I, I can't imagine how some people do the work that they do in the government, knowing what they know, and then sometimes learning, I'm sure, on the back end that there are people and places and things you cannot trust that you thought you could trust. And I think a lot of us are struggling with that right now, this notion of can I trust government? And it's heartbreaking to think that we, the people who have been rather naive, actually, about government, are looking at it and saying, wait, you mean my vote doesn't matter? Wait, you mean my voice doesn't matter? You mean the people I put there don't really care to do what I've asked them to do? They're just going to do what they think they want to do or cover their tush to make sure that their buddies don't go to jail or whatever's going on in this corrupt government that has apparently been going on for a while. And it was very um, disheartening to me. I mean, really kind of like heartbreaking to learn that government isn't what we think it is. And there are some good government people. I mean, God bless them. You know, some of the people in the rank and file who are doing the work every day, you know, just doing what they think is being of service don't realize that the higher-ups, the appointees, the leaders in government are doing some pretty dastardly deeds. And it's shocking, right? So I have with me today somebody who has lived it, wrote books about it, and has spoken around the country and I think around the world about his experiences in government, much, I guess, to his chagrin, because he learned the hard way that people you think you can trust, you can't. So here we are today. I have with me today, Jeffrey Prather. Thank you, Jeffrey, so much for being on Success Happens. It's great to have you. I know we met back in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which was, I think by everybody's standards, a life altering event. I know it was for me. And it's really great to be with you here today. Yeah, it sure was. And uh, good to be back with you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure. And so I thought we'd start by letting people know about you because I suspect a lot of people haven't learned your backstory. So let's start there. What did you do in government? What's your background? And then we'll talk about where did you lose faith? Well, I, yeah, I've experienced that several times over. So I started uh, out as an army officer. I was uh, commissioned as a military intelligence officer out of ROTC. Uh, and I spoke Spanish, so I'd already worked in Latin America. Uh, and so I was already airborne. Uh, I'd been to airborne school, parachute school as a cadet. So I was able to go straight into Special Operations Command at Fort Bragg, which is kind of where everybody went. You know, uh, Delta Forces there, the 82nd's there. My old Special Forces group was there. Uh, and so I was really fortunate to go right into SOCOM. I went in as a psychological operations officer. I commanded an airborne PSYOP detachment where we'd jump loudspeakers or drop leaflets, and I would deploy with special forces and rangers. 
that led me to get to know those guys, and I got to transfer over to the 7th Group, which is the Latin American uh, Special Forces Group, which are Green Berets, by the way. Um, and uh, I was working throughout Central and South America in the 80s. I began to work uh, the Contra issues, so I began to work uh, covert operations legally, not illegally, like Oliver North did. We were doing everything legally. Um, and then I got recruited right before the Panama invasions uh, invasion, which I was preparing for. Uh, I saw at Fort Sherman, the jungle school, another uh, ODA, Operation Detachment A team, training some long-haired guys. And I thought they were CIA, SAD, Special Activities Division folks, but they turned out to be Drug Enforcement Administration special agents in a program called Operation Snowcap. And so I started talking to these guys, and I was a... Um, you know, I was everything they were looking for. You know, I had uh, advanced uh, firearms training, language training. And so DEA recruited me. And so I went into the Drug Enforcement Administration, uh, spent a decade on the Nogales border where I had multi-pound and kilo cocaine and marijuana seizures. Uh, and I stayed in the reserves. I was recruited into a uh, special operations intelligence unit. So I was a credentialed DEA special agent, and then I was a DEA special operator. Uh, and I had a background, of course, in military special operations and forces. And then I became a firearms instructor because I'd been to special forces shooting schools. And then I was in the reserves as well. So in 2003, I was called to active duty and I had been working since about 2001 the extradition of the first Sinaloan cartel leader, Miguel Caro Quintero, the brother of Rafael, who tortured and murdered our agent, Kiki Camarena, a very famous incident, infamous rather. And there's books and songs and everybody knows who that is. And so I was extraditing the first Sinaloan cartel leader, which would have been a sea change because then they would not have lived in luxury in prisons there, which were really palaces and they could get out of. I mean, they cleared my caseload for this, and I was working with two assistant United States attorneys. I paid, in one payment, I paid the lifetime cap for an informant, which is $250,000 in the DEA, which is really not much if you're dealing with high-level stuff. But as I did this case, I had more and more difficulty with my own uh, government. And then I got activated uh, in 03 to 04 to stand up the defense intelligence agencies, because by then I was assigned to the defense intelligence agency, the DIA, which is the Pentagon's CIA and much more effective than the CIA because it's military guys. Uh, and the military has much more of a noble um, selfless service ethic than the uh, Harvard and Yale guys that they normally and gals they normally recruit. And so I was working uh, DIA I was supposed to stand up their counterterrorism operations group, but I ended up doing their op center, which took me to the White House and NSA and CIA and everything. But in the meantime, my informant was kind of left in the wind hanging and he was outed because they fronted the extradition packet, which was a death sentence. And he didn't want to go into WITSEC, uh, the Witness Protection Program. I've put guys in the WITSEC program, but he didn't trust it. And so he started to sue the administrator of the DEA at that time, which was Michelle Leonhardt. Before that, it had been Karen Tandy. Well, I'd worked with both of these ladies at the Department of Justice with my extradition, and they had stopped my extradition effort by making me pay my informant large amounts so that there was no incentive for him to stick around. I wanted to pay him like 10 grand a month. He threatened to sue uh, Leonhardt, the DEA administrator, 
for the $5 million State Department uh, reward. They panicked and they called me and I had staff at the Pentagon as well as other places. And so I went over to the DA headquarters, marshals and DA headquarters right across from the Pentagon. So I went up there and said, no, here, can't do that. Here's the memo, that doesn't work. But then I inadvertently said, but, you know, they, they destroyed my case. They stopped my case. And I went back to work and didn't think anything of it. Shortly after that, uh, OPR, the Office of Professional Responsibility, which most civilians know as internal affairs, started after me. And they went after me for about uh, five years, 04 to 09. And they just hounded me and they lied about me and they perjured and they coached witnesses and they did false reports and they leaked false reports uh, and they moved me and they just um, intimidated me in every way possible. Uh, and at first I thought it was just a rogue OPR because nobody checks on the OPR IA guys. They're, they're often corrupt. But one time they, they moved me from Arizona to New York on a two weeks notice away from my kids. They sent me to... They assigned me to go to L.A. for a week one time for one question. It asked 20 minutes, and I was there for a week. And that's when I realized that a rogue investigator doesn't have that kind of juice, that this was coming from the top. And later on, I found out that uh, Leonard was being briefed on my case weekly and that I had been made a prime target. <laughs> As a DA agent, I was a prime target and that they were all in after me. Uh, and eventually I found out much later that from 04 to 09 in the Niebla Zambada federal trial, the agents raised their hands and swore under oath that they did indeed have a deal with the Sinaloa cartel to run drugs north in exchange for the fast and furious ATF guns uh, going south. Oh, and I forgot to mention I was the DEA uh, liaison to ATF Tucson and also fast and furious started at DEA in Arizona. So there was a lot of dots to connect. <laughs> well, I think that to most humans, we don't understand this world at all. And there's so much to unpack there. The couple of things that come to mind for me is the Fast and Furious. That was such a, a challenge for us in terms of understanding, wait, you know, who are the good guys and who are the bad guys? That kind of started to, I think, come public. Us commoners started to ask questions like, what? Because it's is that right? You know, the, but we didn't understand the world of it. So let's go back to you were a target. At what point did they decide they were taking you down and why? Break it down for us in a very clear picture, because I think it's confusing. Yeah, sorry, it is. So, you know, Fast and Furious was uh, began under Obama when Hillary said that uh Mexican gun violence was because of American gun dealers. And the script, the communist, leftist, socialist, progressive script is never reality. So you have to try and make reality fit. So that was not the case. There weren't cartel leaders coming up to Arizona and, and Mexico and saying, hey, I need 30 M16s and, and 20 203 grenade launchers. No, every gun dealer has an ATF agent's card behind the counter. And the, anything that looks bad at all, they call right away because they're all patriotic and they, they want to keep their gun licenses. Uh, so ATF brought this down from high and said, hey, we want you to sell guns to these felons and we want to run them to Mexico. Let me stop you for a second. Why would they want that to happen? They never really made that clear. But again, ATF, it's actually B-A-T-F-E, Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms and Explosives, is a law enforcement organization. I worked with them. They're special agents like me. They're, they're badge carriers. 
they ran about uh, almost 3,000 guns with no way to trace them. In, really, other words, simply, in other words, they were bad guys. They were bad guys. They were running a covert international gun running operation. There's some fantastic ATF whistleblowers, like I was a whistleblower with uh, John Dotson, Vince Afalo, friends of mine, great guys. Um, and they really tried to stop this, but it came down from on high. And so if I was gonna undercover sell you cocaine uh, as a bad guy, when you left, I'd, I'd have you pulled over by a marked unit, DPS, Department of Public Safety or Sheriffs or somebody, and they'd run their canine, they'd ask him to run their canine and we'd get the dope and I'd take it off the streets. Because when I went, when I took you to jail and took you to court, uh, if your defense lawyer said, uh, hey, uh, where's the coke? Special Agent Prather, I'd say, well, I don't know, I, I sold it to, uh, to her, because well, what she did? Well, she sold it on, and she addicted, you know, women and children, and they're dying. And then the defense attorney would say, "Well, then, what's the difference between you and her?" So the, the, we have to wall it off. We have to take it off. So I would have taken. So what I would have said was, "Well, I had a marked unit stop it. Here it is. Send it to the lab for identification. It's 96% pure. Blah blah blah." So that's how that's how it's done. ATF doesn't do reverses, but if they were going to do reverses, they would have had to have taken those guns off and traced them. They did not. So Fast and Furious was an international covert gun running operation. Benghazi, in its essence, was a fast uh, was an international. I was going to say that, that I was going to say it's almost like Fast and Furious because that occurred before Benghazi, right? It, yes, and then so Syria it was, the was also. In, Syria was also an international gun running operation. And Trump finally put an end to that when he stopped uh, sending. But Hillary was doing that as well, sending weapons. And these weapons are still out there killing people. They, you know, they killed Brian Terry, 45 minutes from where I'm sitting. The board, they killed Jaime Zapata, the ICE agent. And they've killed hundreds, uh, maybe thousands now, of Mexicans and other citizens. And the guns keep turning up because the deep state or the double state which is the puppeteers behind the puppets. All you gotta do is look at Biden or the Biden double and there's a puppet, they cut the feed whenever they want. They, you know, uh, the, the double state or deep state, it's usually called a deep state, but sometimes it's known as double state. The, it runs on a dark economy because the deep state doesn't produce anything. It doesn't provide anything and it destroys everything. So they run a, a dark economy from their Off position. of drugs, off of guns, drugs, selling off of Drug, prostitution, human trafficking, all of that funds yeah. what you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. It's pretty awful. I, I want to take you a quick break. You're listening to Success Happens. I have with me today Jeffrey Prather. And I I think I can speak for the people listening that it is complex and we need to keep talking about it because we don't understand the undercurrents and the underbelly of government. And we need to because it affects us every day because as witnessed by the drugs coming through the border. And we're gonna talk about the border shortly because I think it's important to understand what the work that you did and now what we're faced with, with fentanyl and everything coming across the border, which we talk about all the time, but we're not making progress and it's really disconcerting. Anyway, you're listening to Success Happens. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Sweeties on the Creek. We're scooping now, Flamingo Pool Supply and KW Photography and Design. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Success Happens. This is Jen, and I have with me today Jeffrey Prather. And Jeffrey is an expert in government, I can say, psyops, you know, 
you were a DIA agent, you you understand what's going on in the background that most of us don't get exposed to until something goes wrong. And you brought up, Jeffrey, before the break, we talked a little bit about Benghazi. And that was an operation where they were running guns, correct? Yes. Okay. Through the State Department, through the ambassador. The ambassador who ended up being killed, correct? Yes. So in Benghazi, which was before the second election of Obama, by any other standards, that would have been a game changer and he would never have been elected. How they got through that election was by calling it, you know, a video that prompted it, you know, all the nonsense that started spinning around Benghazi. Fast forward to the 2012 helicopter that came down, right, with all the Navy SEALs? Extortion, yes. Mm-hmm. So Extortion 17, I think, is the uh, CH-47 you're talking about with the uh, dev group SEAL Team 6 operators. And I've worked with SEALs, of course, usually SEAL Team 4 because that's the Latin American team. But So as a psychological operations officer, I can tell you that I think that um, – Fast and Furious and Benghazi was an information influence operation. Um, And there's a lot of people, there's a lot of generals uh, and admirals that think that, too. The night of Benghazi, for example, General Ham, the Africa Con commander, who wasn't in theater, but it was at the Pentagon that night, resigned uh, or was fired. I heard he was fired. Admiral Gallet, the highest ranking military officer in the theater at that time, uh, was relieved. And that's never happened before. You don't relieve somebody in the middle of a hostage taking because an embassy and an ambassador, that's American soil and that's American personage and that's an act of war. So what from my research, uh, th- that was a setup like Fast and Furious because with Fast and Furious, the ATF was running guns, the FBI was running the hit team. Um, the only people that didn't know what were going on out there were the Border Patrol agents and, and Brian Terry. The, the movie uh, 13 Hours is a pretty good, pretty good representation of what happened. But the, again, the former SEALs who were contracted to CIA Special Activities Division, SAD, Ground Branch, were the heroes. And I have been honored to bodyguard Ty Wood's widow. You know, Ty is the, is the, the SAD SEAL that died uh, and sacrificed himself. Uh, and so that looks like a setup, too. So Fast and Furious was clearly a setup. Explain to people what you mean by setup. Setup by whom? So Fast and Furious was our own government running guns south to make a narrative true, which wasn't true about Mexican gun violence. Benghazi was the same thing uh, in that they had been running guns. The State Department had been running guns through Chris Stevens, and now they were trying to gather them up, probably to prevent extortion 17 from happening, it's even in the movie. You can see them at the beginning doing a doing a buyback of weapons that they've let go because Fast and Furious had already happened. And so, to win the election, as you said, Obama was failing, and so he wanted some kind of negotiation moment. So, uh, and I'm talking about. Uh, I have to stop you. That is so shocking. What you just said. I mean, Americans need to get that a sitting president would sacrifice our people on our soil internationally, right? Like you said, that's American soil at that embassy. Or that Navy SEAL team that went down in 2012 helicopter, and I know one of the families. It angers me 
beyond the pale. That they would do such things in high office. I mean, this is what you're suggesting, and what and, and we, you know, this is big. Like to say that Obama needed a narrative to win an election, and he sacrificed our people, and Hillary was involved. I mean, we've all kind of wondered. We've sort of tried to put the pieces together, but it seems to me you're kind of pulling the pieces together here for us. So, and, and I want to ask you one more thing, if you would explain information influence operation. So pull the pieces together for us and help us understand this, Jeffrey, because it's, it's so disheartening. Well, so psychological operations is part of Special Operations Command, along with Rangers, SEALs, uh, Green Berets, and the reason it is, is because it's a force multiplier. For the first Gulf War, uh, we dropped a lot of leaflets and said, if you surrender, we won't uh, bury you alive. If you, you just come out with your weapons over your head, and you'll be okay. And thousands, we remember the photos of that happened. So that's great. Less killing, it's, that's great. But jumping loudspeakers and leaflets, that's kind of you know my day. Now... It's through the internet and you control through the internet the information influence flow and you influence and you stage these things. So Fast and Furious was that, Benghazi was that um, as well because they had wanted more security and they made less security. Everybody else had pulled out in Benghazi, uh, they were still there. The ambassador was out on the 11th anniversary of 9-11 as opposed to behind the, behind the walls of the main embassy. And so some of us believe with a lot of evidence and intelligence uh, that um, he was set up to be kidnapped so that Obama could then negotiate uh, a hostage return later to be and look, a and hero. look heroic. Yeah. 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 And of course, he ended up doing that with the deserter and traitor Bergdahl, which is a turtle dirtbag that dies, guys died trying to find. But he finally got to do his little hostage exchange. But th that's what that looks like. And that's something that they repeat. I worked covert operations. I worked the Contras legally back in the day. I know what a, law a federal law enforcement covert operation is called a SARC, a Special Activities Review Committee. Most of the time they never go because if they go, the, 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 the standard is if we're found out about this, is it worth being found out? And usually it's no, it's, it's not. There are times when you know that's good to do. Uh, but most of the time, it is not. So what I hear you saying is that Fast and Furious, Benghazi, similar kind of play. And there were people in government who misled the public through information. I'm, I'm saying this for a reason, because it's happening today. So the whole thing about the video... Was that part of the information influence operation? Yes, that was a distraction. So when we're going to do a room entry, we always talk about speed, surprise, and violence of action. But before that, there's a distraction where we bang on a window or we blow a wall or we throw a flashbang or something to distract. Uh, and so that was a distraction. That was an information influence operation distraction. And, and you're right. All of that is going on now, uh, and it is a hundred times worse than it was because the drug cartels had a deal, La Familia cartel had a deal with the Mexican government. But it turned out uh, that 
the Sinaloa cartel had a deal with the American government. And again, you can look up the Niebla Zambada federal trial where DA agents swore under oath that they did have a deal. It's not me saying that, it's, it's them actually saying that. And these drug cartels are so powerful that they control countries and agencies and governments. And now with um, COVID and the jab and everything else, it's become standard. Uh, and it is now, now they're kind of combining weapons, people, and drugs. That is a jabbed person who does shedding. And then there is the graphene oxide and hydroxide in there. They've combined all of those into one because it's a control mechanism. If you look at my last podcast Jeff, on JeffreyPrather.com, uh, I'm talking about Tesla fluorosis. I'm talking about magneto massacres. Uh, and the graphene oxide is creating an operating system that sets up. So they've combined uh, the dark economy three pillars into one now. What we are starting to learn, and people need to start educating themselves. So guys, go out there. Don't Google, because they don't tell you anything. Go to DuckDuckGo. Uh, but look for information on graphene oxide. Look for information on uh, AI technology, because AI is here. So, all right, let's take a quick break. You're listening to Success Happens. I have with me today Jeffrey Prather. It's such a pleasure and honor to have him with us to really educate us about what really goes on in the government, behind the scenes, in the intelligence world compared to what you and I know as we go about our day-to-day -day lives. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Sweeties on the Creek. We're scooping now. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Success Happens. This is Jen, and I have with me today Jeffrey Prather. Could you please share with everybody your company and what you do? Uh, well, I'm a retired SOCOM soldier, an ex-DEA special agent, and former DIA intelligence collector uh, turned chaplain leader and tooth teller. Uh, and I'm still trying to serve uh, and execute my oath that I took to the Constitution and to the United States of America. And so I do podcasts, and they're at uh, jeffreyprather.com, J-E-F-F-R-E-Y-P-R-A-T-H-E-R.com. Uh, I have a chaplaincy. I'm a chaplain. That's at christchaplaincy.com. That's a 501c3. I have warriorschool.com where I teach um, uh, shooting, uh, and I've taught all the military branches, including the Coast Guard, all the uh, intelligence agencies, uh, taught tens of thousands, uh, literally. And, you know, I have martial arts school and other things, but those are the, the, the easiest place to find me is at jeffreyprather.com, uh, where I'm trying to tell um, the truth about uh, what has happened to our government. Uh, and it's very sad. I remember last year I was uh, watching a show. It was about Kiki Camarena, and that's, of course, something I follow because I was involved in the extradition case. And as I watched it, I... I found out that there was a CIA agent there uh, when Kiki was being tortured and murdered in a terrible way. And I just, just overwhelmed me. I started crying. Luckily, my wife was there. She started covering me. But I really was, you know, I thought I knew how um, dirty our government had become, but I, I did not. So I'm still surprised at the level of corruption um, that has happened. And, you know, George Washington, you know, our first rock star, used intelligence to a high degree, and he used deception operations. Uh, he was famous at that, but there was no formal mechanism. And uh, during World War II, there was the Office of Strategic Services, and that did real well. Uh, if you watch the beginning of Captain America, that's kind of the OSS really there. 
Uh, and out of the OSS, when it disbands, comes two things, Special Forces, which I serve with Southern Special Forces, that's Green Berets, and then the CIA. Special Forces are fabulous. CIA has always been a wreck ever since then. Uh, and under when I got started with um, Contras, uh, cocaine, and cash, that became a way uh, under Reagan to fund black, mon black money or black fundings, off-the-books funding, that they could continue to fund their operations. And so that's when they started running uh, cocaine uh, on their own. And you then know, i got to stop for a second. I, I'm just trying to wrap my head around what you just <laughs> said. We're they have government. They have our tax dollars. Are they unwilling to tell us? I mean, like we wouldn't know that CIA has a budget. Of course it has a budget. Of course it would come from tax dollars. Why do they have to run guns, cocaine, and whatever to fund it when they know that we as taxpayers expect that CIA would have a budget and that we would be paying for it? Like, why hide that? Well, so one part of special operations and counterintelligence and operational security, OPSEC, is that some budgets are uh, classified. Because if you show them, then the foreign counter counterintelligence services can look at what the budgets are and determine what they're doing. But in this case, that really wasn't this. So if you remember, there was a period when the Contras were illegal to fund and there was a period where they weren't. That's where Ali North did his illegal operation. Uh, and at that time, I actually got called into uh, a tunnel inside uh, Panama and Quarry Heights and had to cut my hair. I was in plain clothes and put on my uniform and uh, my beret and say, hey, are we going to end up before Congress like Ali North? And the answer was no, because we're doing what's legal and correct. But that kind of gave birth the contrast cash and cocaine going into Arkansas, into Mena, Arkansas, where Clinton comes out of, by the way, uh, where the two kids are killed on the railroad track. That built uh, this illegal drug empire, and the intelligence services then had this uh, abominable relationship with the drug cartels, so much so that there was a CIA agent there when they were torturing and murdering, murdering uh, Kiki Camarena. And that has since then grown into this enormous, terrible, dark economy that I think uh, is really realized through fentanyl, which is out of China, which is a bioweapon to destroy our country, and then COVID, which is clearly, with the fair and cleavage, it's clearly, uh, and I also do corporate competitive intelligence in the biotech field, only for the good guys, but it's clearly a man-made bioweapon. It comes from Dietrich to Harvard with Lieber, uh, who had a female Chinese military intelligence officer working for him, goes to Canada, goes to Wuhan, gets released, uh, and then the operating systems come with the jab, because the bioweapon one was actually made for bioweapon two, which is the operating systems. And so it's become very, very sophisticated. Explain to them what you mean about the operating system. I think you're referring to the graphene oxide of the fact that it has nanotechnology, correct? Yes. The jabs, the so-called vaccines, which they're not vaccines, wasn't made for COVID. COVID is like the flu. The survival rates are uh, in the high 90s for every age group. There was no reason to shut anything down. It was a psychological operations bioweapon to, for economic battle to reestablish parity with the Chinese government because Trump had leveraged a new treaty from a position of strength with them. And it did that. It shut our economy down. It's still shutting our economy down. Uh, but 
the jab, which they keep coming up with more and more new ones. And I just did a show uh, yesterday on this called uh, Neural Necromancy and Magneto Massacre at JeffreyPrather.com, where I show slides, is the jab has graphene oxide and hydroxide in it, hydro-like tentacles. There's others, you know, doctors, Tenpenny and Maje uh, and Ruby and Orient, more knowledgeable about this. But I do recognize a weapon. As a warrior, I do recognize weaponry. And yeah, I when it starts it, killing you, you know something in right. Well, the, that's a, I think that's a byproduct of the system. I think the system is designed to make us like cell phones, where we receive our information through there. It controls us. There were I talked about studies yesterday that they can actually control mouse behavior. And you're seeing that now um, where you line up for the vaccination showers. I, I like to say it as an analogy because with the Holocaust, uh, they didn't say, hey, we're going to put you in a gas chamber. They said, hey, we're going to put you in a shower. So the same thing is, hey, this is a this is a good jab as opposed to this is an operating system we're going to continue to put into you. And so I I see how this morphed from the early days uh, with the cartels and the drug cartels making an unholy, unholy alliance with the intelligence uh, agencies that they supply themselves. And this is off the book money that nobody sees and they can do whatever they want uh, with it. And therefore they're behind the scenes. The deep state or the double state is really the intelligence community. And uh, that goes into not just CIA and FBI, which are very corrupt. And again, I graduated from the FBI Academy in 1990. I know hero FBI agents like Ed Morales, hero of the FBI Miami gunfight, the old timers, the good ones, um, uh, but it, but into organizations like DARPA and BARDA, DARPA being the Defense Advanced Research Program Agency, where all this stuff comes out of. Nobody has visibility on any of this stuff. Uh, but, you know, shows like yours and mine, we're exposing uh, all of this and getting this message out uh, to the people to restore uh, our republic, which I say has, is fallen. All right, so let's let's pick up there because I think people get the point. We're in a hot mess, and 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 w- if we're going to make a difference, you and I and all the people we know, Jeffrey, who are out there, shout out to Clay Clark and General Flynn and the Reawaken America tour, and you know all the people who are really trying to unveil the truth. Okay, it is a tough pill to swallow, guys. I know that this is so shocking for you if you have never heard it before, that it sounds like crazy talk. I mean, because I, I was there two years ago. I thought, oh, whatever. You guys are, you know, off in left field. But I've learned so much, and I've had to swallow the tough pills that say, wow, the CIA is corrupt. I have other friends who worked for them. I'll tell you one thing. A friend of mine said, this individual, I won't say the gender, left when Brennan walked in the door. A bunch of good CIA folks walked out the back door because they knew that guy was corrupt. This person later said to me, you know what? I kind of regret leaving because we left the bad guys in charge. I really advocate for everybody to stay in place and do what you can. I like to say we I did a podcast called We're Jeweled, as in Richard Jewell being set up by the FBI. So we have to Schindler them, as in Oscar Schindler working for the Nazis, but saving Jews. 
and because we lost our republic behind the scenes and we have to regain it behind the scenes. So I have something called Team America and Team Global Freedom at JeffreyBreitha.com. And Team America has over 6,000 members and is active in 44 states. And Team Global Freedom is in over 18 countries. And we're working behind the scenes. We're working on the Arizona audit. We're working the, the Wisconsin uh, at the tip of the spear of that, working lots of issues. Nothing illegal, immoral, unethical, or violent, although the left does that all the time. But just like we stopped relying on corrupt government in Britain, we need to stop relying on corrupt government in D.C. and rely on God and each other. And that's what Team America and Team Global Freedom are doing. And these are patriot volunteers working together like we're working with the Canadian uh, truckers uh, as well uh, and making quite a difference. But it's I understand U.S. is about to have a truck convoy as well. They are. Yes. Yes. So, so it's, stay act, tuned. it's actually going to go worldwide. Yes. This is not right wing nuts. It, it's not fringe this is mainstream saying, we're done. You people are crazy and we're done. When you look at what you said, taking our country back, there are people listening right now and they say, gosh, I don't even know how, where to begin to do that. Now, one option is they can join Team America. What other things do you suggest that people do to one, get aware of what's going on, really know what's going on? this is part of knowing is is listening to this show and your show and going to events where people like-minded are together and you start to hear things like there's graphene oxide in what they're calling a vax and that that stuff is toxic we're going to take a quick break and when we come back kind of give you guys some guidelines and some suggestions of what to do you're listening to success happens on free talk 930 wfmd we'll be right back Welcome back to Success Happens. This is Jen, and I have with me today Jeffrey Prather, and it has been such an honor to talk to you about all that's going on and to really understand the full scope and the seriousness of what we're facing as a nation. And you said before the break, you know, that we've lost our country, but we can bring it back. Um, I've had friends tell me, you know, the communists are already here. You know, socialism, we, we blew right through that, straight to communism. How do we now give people the tools and the guidelines and the guidance what to do to empower themselves, their families, and frankly, their businesses or their workplaces? Because this is not just about, you know, being able to buy groceries. It's about where we get to work, where we get to play. Will people define how our life is going to go or do we get to define how our life is going to go the all-American way? So, Jeffrey, your thoughts? Yeah, uh, first thing I'd say is I'm very hopeful and faith-filled too, and we will restore our fallen republic. We will win, and we are beginning to win now. And so my mission is to restore our fallen republic and defeat the deep state by exposing fake news and, and using tools of truth, discernment, and free will. So the first part of that is to the most committed win. So ha you've got to have some kind of transcendent value system. I say America's uh, transcendent value system is based upon our Judeo-Christian and native traditional values. 10 commandments, two Christic commandments, and two Native American uh, warrior commandments of uh, never harm children and everything is born of woman. And so if you have that as a central focus and that will um, tide you through because things are gonna get real tough, you have to have faith. 
my chaplaincy is christchaplaincy.com. I'll be doing this service. Beyond that, you should be concierge everything. So big church is uh, sold out. Public schools are sold out. Big tech, big box, big media are sold out to the enemy. So concierge everything. So concierge everything means concierge security, neighborhood watch stuff. Because in Tucson here, the police department is down like 800 officers and crime is rampant. That's the plan to have no warrior protectors around uh, so that they can run rampant. Concierge food. I have a garden, but we have an a, uh, interconnected statewide service to supply each other with food and help each other. And concierge work. Something else I'm working on with Team America is, for example, Team, uh, Team America Concierge Medical and, and Concierge Legal. So I have stuff up for people in the military who have to get the job. They can contact our legal or they can contact DR Advocates who are doing a lot on that, showing that the camaraderie vaccine, which is approved, is not available uh, in, in that uh, area, in anywhere in the United States. But you can also then take a doctor who's not going to give the jab uh, and then gather your neighborhood around you and get a concierge doc. So you pay in to a concierge doc. And we're working on that around the world as well and, and around the country and publishing those resources. It all comes down to rely on God and each other and not corrupt government in D.C., just like we stopped relying on corrupt government um, in Britain. Uh, because our government is no longer serving us at all. Oh, well, I would say they're against us, actually. It's they are. They are totally it's against us. Yeah, we have yeah. we have American children still in Afghanistan while they're importing Afghan terrorists uh, into our country. That's, it's outrageous. that's how bad it is. Just this week, Jeff Zucker resigned as executive of CNN over a, quote, relationship. You're seeing these media outlets that are that are untoward going down. Do you have any thoughts about media right now and how that's working and how can people get information? You know, the podcasters, you guys online are your best source. There's a ton of content out there. So you have to kind of sort through it. There's, you know, I don't have time to listen to a two hour podcast. I want to get my information in 15, 20, 30 minutes max. So, you know, there are different people who are doing a great job. I think Stu Peters has done a phenomenal job. RSBN, you know, there's different podcast channels. It's really an alternate news channeling rather than NBC, ABC, and so forth. So any thoughts about the news and information sources that people should attend to? Yeah, so that's why I only do two casts of one hour each, Tuesdays and Thursdays live. That's all I do. Because most of the time I'm researching and I condense a whole lot of stuff. A lot of people look at my transcripts, they take notes because I, I know people are busy. And if you look at the conventional media, which I call the propaganda press, they just repeat the same stories almost verbatim all day on every channel. Uh, and so, you know, I don't do that. And there's others who don't do that uh, as well. And so that's where you got to pick and choose and figure out what you're doing. But this is really the Great Reset, Klaus Schwab's Great Reset. This is China's unrestricted warfare doctrine. This is big media, big tech, big government. But that window is closing. You know, one thing I say all the time is uh, plans are useless, but planning is invaluable. And they did not plan for all of the resistance and reaction. The global elite that have coalesced and conspired against us to use big tech, big media, big government, uh, big box, big pharma, big everything 
and nation state enemies such as China, not really Russia. Russia is really not our enemy. China is. And Russia and China are always en enemies of each other. They've all conspired um, with the Great Reset through uh, the bioweapon uh, and the bioweapons, but that is failing. It is not working. Plus, they're killing off their own supporters. The, the VAERS uh, accident rate and the death rates are in the hundreds of thousands. So they're in trouble. They are weakening. But this is not going to be really what this is, a, is a fifth generation war, which is low on kinetic violence, uh, high on information influence operations. As an intelligence officer, I, I like to quote the enemy. And there was a Chinese communist official and said, we won a war against the United States in 2020. And I agree with that. At the beginning of every show, I say we beat the Japanese, we beat the Nazis, we beat ISIS. But, uh, but our government lost the, the fifth generation culture war. The American people did not. In fact, it's exactly the opposite. In fact, when I spoke in, at, uh, with Clay's reawakening in, in San Antonio, uh, I said the American people sure as hell did not. And all the Texans were up on their feet <laughs> applauding. Uh, and if anything, we have become um, less dependent upon government and more dependent upon uh, Christian values, constitutional values, and carry values uh, as well. But you just said that we lost the war to China in 2020. And I think what you're saying is, and I agree with you, they infiltrated our election system. And when we, when President Trump what, lost that election, it was due in part, in my view, because China was in cahoots on the this flipping of the election results. Would you agree with me on that or no? Yeah, certainly. They, so they they went after me because I exposed their deal with the Salon cartel. They went after Flynn because Flynn said, I'm going to reform the intelligence community, which means the deep state. And I'm not going to dismiss Pizzagate, which means uh, child crimes, Hillary, Hunter, all of them, until I look into it. And then Trump said, we're going to give power back to the people. So they had to get rid of Trump. Well, that's exactly why that happened. But in the first Gulf War, the Chinese, we all watch each other fight wars. Uh, and there were Chinese watching us win the first Gulf War, which I talked about with the force multiplier of the leaflets. And the Chinese didn't make the same mistake that the Japanese and the Nazis made. They said, nobody can take the American warrior on head on because we're the best in the world. There's never The world's never seen anything like the American warrior because of our exceptional love of life and freedom. It's another talk I give often. So they said, we are going to develop a doctrine of unrestricted warfare. And again, I've published that document. It's a document by the Chinese. Uh, and it came out 20 years ago. And they said, we're not going to take them head on. We'll lose. We're going to take them on in their manufacturing, medical, in their universities, through their media. And that's the fifth generation war they won against the government in 2020. So on that note, Jeffrey, we're going to definitely have you back. This has been <laughs> fascinating. This is going to be a podcast you'll want to listen to several times to really grab what's been said. But, you know, when you look at China and what they did, and to your point, they infiltrated from within, but they had help within. And there are people in this country who are traitors who helped them do this. And I say they're going to get caught. I say someday that that will get sorted out, whether it's here on earth or it's in heaven with God, something's going to happen. And I praise whistleblowers. Whistleblowers are heroic people. 
who are willing to come forward and tell the truth, risking life and limb and reputation. And so thank you for doing that, Jeffrey, and for continuing the work that you're doing. God bless you. I mean, you really, truly are making a difference. I'm grateful to have the opportunity to know you and have this conversation and hopefully educate people about what's going on so that we can all become more warrior-like. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Happy to come back sometime. Yeah, we'll do it again. Everybody, you're listening to Success Happens. Listen next Saturday morning at 9 a.m. for another great show. Please share this podcast. You can find it on WFMD.com backslash success happens. It's important to share this information because there are people out there who are living in darkness. And I mean that in the sense of they don't understand what's going on. And it will be a service to them if you share this information. And they may not want to hear it, but we can't give up. God bless you, everybody. Have a great week. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next Saturday morning at 9 a.m. on Free Talk 930 WFMD.